This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Hello, welcome to the show, 204-780-6868. That's the number to call, Jets at Noon. Give us a ring. Lots to get to today on the on the program, Jim Toth. Free for all Friday on a Thursday because yeah. we're preempted tomorrow for a national program from noon till one. But yes. we're going to take your takes. Massive trade to talk about if that's the market and how it might affect the Jets. And then the Matthew McConaughey of the CFL. Maybe the whole football world is going to join yeah, us. Yeah, Chris Trevler will join us in the next little bit here. Looking forward to uh, having that conversation. Um, yeah, of course, re-signed yesterday. Uh, as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, looking forward to uh, having that conversation uh, with him. Um, but the big trade yesterday in the National Hockey League, Elias Lindholm and an absolute haul. Wow. Um, I'll even go through the whole entire trade package here. Uh some saying it wasn't enough, apparently, in the Flames organization. Or, I was or, or shocked by that. Flame, Flames fans, which I, my immediate thought when I looked at this haul that they were able to pull in uh, was, oh, that's that's quite a bit for a rental player, considering where the Vancouver Canucks are in terms of cap space. Uh, the whole- say, right? Like, how did Winnipeg become my second home? But here we are. Like, it, it does feel like home. The reception I've got from the fans, teammates, coaches, it's just very, very exciting to be back up there. And, yeah, I think that's fair to call Winnipeg a, a second home. Well, was it bombers or bust, Chris? I mean, could you could you possibly seen yourself in, like, a, a Red Blacks or, God forbid, a Riders jersey? <laughs> um, you know, I had to go through my due diligence of this process, and I needed to let it unfold organically. So I didn't come in just immediately saying, hey, it's going to be it's going to be the Bombers. No, I needed to hear, hear teams out and have those discussions. But at the same time, we all know where my heart's at. Right, we all know how I feel about Winnipeg, how I feel about oh, that coaching staff, that locker room, and um, so you know, it's it's just very exciting that it all played out the way that it did, and I and I just could not be happier to be heading back up to Winnipeg. I mean, it's hard to surmise your journey since leaving Winnipeg and and all the NFL teams and what you've been through and what you've seen and how you've grown. But overall, what do you take from the experience? And and I think the big question now is, are you a better quarterback for it? Yes, I, I would say yes. I'm a better quarterback for it. Just just from the standpoint of look, I'm, I'm when I left the CFL, I was 24, 25 years old, whatever it was, you know, in my second year. Now I'm heading into my seventh year as a professional, and I've gotten to be around some of the best guys in the world and soak up how they prepare, how they go about their business on a daily basis, and that's really the biggest takeaway I can I can put my finger on these last couple um, you know couple years is being able to develop mentally and my preparation and my process and, um, you know, growing in that way. So that's the biggest thing I can put my finger on, just being around guys like that, um, that you know, some of the best in the world, best to ever do it, and being able to be around them has just made me elevate my own game. What's the grind been like over the last four years, Chris? I mean, particularly the last year spending time with four teams in the NFL and then last year getting injured in training camp. Um, you know, the, the workouts, the constantly waiting around the phone. Uh, how, how did you deal with that? Um, can you say that one more time. I'm sorry. Oh, deal. Sorry. Dealing with the grind of, you know, the last four years spending, you know, time with four teams in the NFL, um, you know, waiting, uh, by the phone the last year after you get injured in training camp with the jets. Um, how, how did you go through last year? And, and, you know, you, you mentioned you had some workouts as well. Uh, how did you battle through it? 
Yeah, I think it's one of those. It was a tough year, right? I mean, like being at home and, you know, having the excitement that I had going into the preseason last year, I was very excited, looking to build on what happened in 2022. And then to get injured, not be able to perform the way that I wanted to, um, it, it's, it's disappointing and it's frustrating. And, it, and it's, it's always going to be disappointing and frustrating. So it took me a while to kind of wrap my mind around where I'm at. And, you know, as the, as the weeks went on, you know, the process of, Working out, working out, staying ready, not getting a call on Monday, rolling over to the next week. It was hard, but eventually I settled in and just continued to focus on my process. And that's, and that's what this has always been about for me is continuing to find ways every single day to get better and focus on myself and my own development. And that's what it was all about. And so, you know, as, as some workouts started coming in with the 49ers and the Bears, um, definitely, you know, some disappointment on my end from, you know, what those workouts looked like. I've been in enough of those to kind of know – what's what and just you know a little disappoint disappointing with how not they went but just what that looked like in terms of opportunity um to to be signed and you know so after that second bears workout i I just you know i kind of called my agent i said look man like i i want to play in the nfl of course like everyone wants to play in the nfl but if there's not something real that comes around here in the next week or so I'm going to really start pursuing other opportunities. And of course, other opportunities, it means the CFL for me. Like it was never, I never thought about joining the UFL or anything other than the CFL. It was always going to be the CFL just because I love this game. I love, you know, I I just love what it stands for. And I love, I, I think there's such a high level of talent in the CFL that a lot of people in America don't know. Um, and so I just have a ton of respect for the Canadian game and, I was very, very excited that there was going to be opportunities for me to just continue playing football, and that's what I just keep telling everyone. I'm just excited to play football. Were the Bombers reaching out periodically over the last four years, just, you know, talking to your agent, talking to you, seeing how you were feeling? Uh, So, like, any communications I have with the CFL is through me. Um, I I just ended up doing all this myself. And so, like, I keep in touch with guys on the Bombers strictly from a standpoint of, like, hey, I love you guys and I care about you guys. I want to see you win. It's not necessarily like checking in, like, hey, do you want to come up? Do you want to come play? No, it's not like that. Like, if those relationships I have with those people, they're going to know if I'm thinking about coming up. I'm going to, I'm going to tell them, hey, I'm thinking about coming up. And then at that point, those friendships become business relationships, and you and you work through that in a in a professional way. And um, you know, we 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 were able to do that. And you know, I have friends in that you know organization from the front office all, all the way down. So. Um, it, it was really nice, you know, being able to, you know, work through my own deal with, you know, with Darren, who did a great job and, um, you know, like working through that process with him, someone who I consider a friend, but also being able to have a business relationship was, um, was a new experience for me and, and it went really well. Uh, Chris, I know so many fans, and you probably know this too, are so excited about this. They they want to know where the fur coat is. They want to know, you know, where the strut is. They they they're excited for you to get back on the field and do some things. I take it from a perspective as a quarterback. I talked to Justin Dunk yesterday on my own show, and and he was talking about how you've grown as a quarterback and as a passer. Um, and then he mentioned like nobody knows the rule book in the Canadian Football League better than Mike O'Shea. The idea of having two quarterbacks on the field at once hasn't really taken off in the CFL. This could be the year with you and Calaris. Are you excited? Have you had those talks about what this could mean for, for the style that you could bring to the Bombers and how it could play out under Buck Pierce? Yeah, you know, I talked to Buck yesterday, and um, I just told him, look, man, I don't know what this looks like, 
but just know from my standpoint, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win football games. However you want to use me, whatever we can do to win games, that's what I'm willing to do. And that's always been my mindset ever since I came out of college. Even when I was in college and, and you know, beyond, it's always been what can I do to help the team win games? That's what this is about, winning football games. And so however that, you know, role develops, what it turns into, um, I'm going to accept that with open arms, and I'm going to go as hard as I can and do everything I can, again, to help the team win football games because that's what I'm here to do. So Buck Pierce left that meeting saying, man, this guy's so hard to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God, this guy's a piece of work. He's not going to fit in the locker room at all. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's really great to have you back. And and I know a lot of fans are, are just pumped about this yesterday, as you would know, but also on the field as well. I think there's a lot of work for the Bombers to go this offseason. But what do you make of the team going into next year from what you've seen so far, understanding that free agency hasn't even happened yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited because ultimately, you know, I just did an interview earlier where they were kind of asking me the same question. And I just know what that team's about. I just know what that culture is like. And I know what that looks like. And although, you know, there's still a lot of big pieces looming, you know, a lot of guys that we're still trying to get back. But I know what the core of that team looks like from a leadership standpoint and from a culture standpoint. And I know just based on that, there's going to be great people in that locker room. And I think if you bring great people into a locker room, you have a really good chance of being a great team. Because when guys love each other and really care for each other and play for the guy next to them, that results in wins. And I experienced that in 2019. I've experienced that in some of my NFL uh, journeys. Um, and I'm just really excited to continue to nurture that culture and, and, and bring, um, you know, some juice and excitement and, and energy to that locker room, that fan base, and just, you know, be, be the best that I can be for that team. Blue Bomber quarterback Chris Traveler signing a one-year deal uh, to come back to Winnipeg. Uh, Chris, really, really appreciate you jumping on the program. Uh, I don't need to tell you good luck this year. Um, you know, the the you have no idea how many text messages we were getting, especially after that uh, comeback against the New York Jets. Uh, why the heck aren't they using Chris Traveler? Why aren't they using him like the Bombers did anyways? I'm sure you heard that from the fan base and all that. So I uh, really appreciate you popping on the yeah. show. Hey, is, uh, is, Aaron Rogers, well, is Aaron Rogers a good uh, guy to have a coffee with? great guy to have a coffee with. I mean, every morning we'd get in the QB room, we, you know, we'd all eat breakfast and we'd all chat. And I mean, that dude's got stories for days. What do you man. eat for breakfast? Such a great guy. <laughs> what do you eat for breakfast? I don't know. You, he was eating like eggs and uh, I think it was just like a big plate of eggs and like some bison or something. I don't know if he was doing keto or what he was doing, but when you're one of the best in the world, I don't ask questions. I just, I just write things down in my notebook. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Take so, care. Can I, get, can I get some of that for breakfast tomorrow? Whatever he's eating, that'll, that'll do for me. Uh, Chris, really appreciate it. All the best and can't wait for you to see you at training camp. All right, Chris Trevler, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Really appreciate right. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate him popping on, taking the time. Let's uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. Went a little long there just to get a little bit more time with uh, with uh, with Strevy. Let's uh, come back. Lots to get to. We've got to get into this Elias Lindholm trade with the Canucks. How does this affect the Winnipeg Jets? Um, there's a big – the biggest center is off the board right now. Uh, we heard from Paul Edmonds in his Jets report yesterday talking about the Winnipeg Jets and their need, perhaps, to add at the center. Well, the list is might not be as extensive. What the, what can the Winnipeg Jets do? All that to come. And, of course, your text message is 204-780-6868. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Jets at noon. Cam Poitras, Jim Toth here for you. If you missed our conversation with Chris Strebler, Download the podcast. 
Uh, of course, uh, returning quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers after a stint in the NFL. Uh, go to the podcast, Jets at Noon, at like you're sending an email. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, wherever you find your podcast. So make sure you check that out. Um, Elias Lindholm, now a member of the Vancouver Canucks. This news coming down uh, late yesterday. Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brustevich, Yanni Yermo, a 2024 first-round pick and a conditional fourth that could turn into a third if the Canucks make it to the Western Conference Final. Jim Toth, when you saw that news and that haul that the Calgary Flames were able to pull in for a guy they were not going to re-sign and who is a, a who you have to believe is a rental player. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but when you look at the the Vancouver Canucks and their cap issue, you have to believe that it's really, really going to be tough, especially when you have to sign uh, you know, the likes of Elias Pettersson next season. Uh, really looks like a rental player. Uh, what were your thoughts when you when you saw the haul that the Calgary Flames were able to pull in? I was blown away. I thought the two draft picks, a first and a conditional fourth, and the condition is if the Canucks make the Western Conference final, so win two rounds, it becomes a third. Mm-hmm. I think the Canucks could win two rounds. So a first and a third, but we'll say fourth. Um, and I think Kuzmenko could have got it done. I think the draft picks, you know, that's to me a rental for a free agent. The idea that you kicked in these two defensemen who are both third-round picks, um, I just – five assets for a rental. So right away I went to Cap Friendly, and I'm just like, so can do they have a chance of re-signing him? They do not. They have – Elias Pettersson needs a contract next season, um, and then they have four defensemen that are going to be UFAs and an RFA, and they have four forwards that are UFAs and one RFA. They have nine to ten players on the current roster that need contracts next season, including now Elias Lindholm and not excluding Elias Pettersson. Yeah. So to me, this is a rental. If Elias uh, Lindholm wanted nine-plus million dollars in Calgary and they couldn't come to an agreement on that, I don't think he's going to go to Vancouver and take six-and-a-half or seven. And if he does take six-and-a-half or seven, which I don't think he can't will, they don't have that right now anyway. Like, what is Pettersson going to get? Oh, 12, probably somewhere around that line. Well, he's gonna, it's going to be somewhere around there. He's looking at Nylander money, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely, 100% Nylander money. So maybe not as much, so I'll lowball it and say $10 million. Yeah, and that's... They have three, that's a real low three or four defensemen and three other forwards. Mm-hmm. So I think, and, th- and this is funny, right? So Ed Garcia down the hall of Power 97 is a Canucks fan. And he he's said, from Vancouver, from the lower mainland. He likes the deal, but he's blown away that some Flames fans wanted more. And I was like, what? And he goes, well, you grew up in Southern Alberta. You're a Flames fan. He goes, what are you hearing? And I go, I, I had somebody else text me, a buddy that said, um, the Flames, you know, Kuzmenko's not going to pan out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so Kuzmenko doesn't pan out. You let him walk or you trade him at the deadline next year for a third or fourth round pick. Like, to me, Lindholm wasn't staying. So I thought you were going to get two picks and a player for him, whether it was a prospect or a roster player. Mm -hmm. The idea that you got five assets for him, and this one defenseman... um, Yeah, Hunter Brustevich. Hunter Brustevich is leading the Ontario Hockey League in defenseman scoring. He has 69 points in 47 games. So a third-round pick, but listen, that's a guy that's performing like a first-round pick. Yes, 
So that's, this is a guy that's going to play in the National Hockey League. Yeah, or is is certainly on tap to do that. The other um, prospect, Yanni um, Yermo, is a little hit and miss. He did play at the World Juniors last year. He had an assist in seven games. He's not faring too well. I don't know, but I don't see him yeah. play, so he could be faring well. I just read yeah, the yeah. points. Again, he's, a, he's, he's still in Europe. He could be a fine defenseman, but I hear, Europe, yeah. I hear he's a project. Yeah. But regardless of that, I, I don't know anybody who thinks you have a – Number one center, you're dealing now. Number two in Canucks, and you got five assets for it. I don't know how that's not a win. Now the ass, the quality of assets, fair enough, but it's a first round pick, a potential third round, no worse than fourth. Mm-hmm. A defenseman that looks like he's going to play in the National Hockey League. Another one that's a project, and a current roster player, Kuzmenko, who had to sign off on his deal, and he signed off on it from what I read because Craig Conroy said we talked to him and said you're going to be. On the number one top six, you're going to play number one power play. We need you. You're you're taking Lindholm's spot. And he said, okay, I'll come there because I've been a healthy scratch here. Yeah, and the interesting thing about this is Elias Lindholm was the number one center on that, on, on that list. Now, with Mark Shifley out, it sort of has opened up uh, the need for more center depth for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, here's the one quick thing. Darren okay. Drager just put this out 37 minutes ago. The center market is relatively thin. It is. That's what I was just about to get into. So hence the Flyers are taking calls on Scott Lawton. They're not eager to trade him, but Danny Briere is gauging the interest. Yeah. So when I look at the trade bait lists and all that, the names that sort of have come up is Sean Monahan, Adam Henrique uh, with the Ducks, uh, Jack Roslevic for the with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, Morgan Frost with Philadelphia. Um, and so when when Darren Dreger says it's a thin market, I would agree. So what I look and I see is I'd say the Winnipeg Jets would be looking beyond that list. There might be some names that aren't on there that the Winnipeg Jets would be going after if they decide that they are going to add to their center depth. Well, Monaghan's price has now with this deal gone up. Oh, and it was time. already going up. So and the and the Rangers are desperate. Philip Heidel goes it goes down uh, at center for the Rangers, and uh, they're you know I don't know if they I would say they're still first in the in the Metro, um, but they're going to look to add at center. And so there's like. <laughs> Sean Monahan and perhaps even Adam Henrique are going to be real high price commodities over the next little bit. How much does this affect what those guys' value will be? Is it going to be something where, like, I can't see Sean Monahan going for three assets? That to me is wild. I think he will go for three assets. It's just a matter of. And is of, that based on what this deal was? Yes. It's just a matter of there's a thin market out there. There's, there's so much parity in the league this year that there's a ton of teams that could go for it. It's not the usual, I, okay, I could see these three teams in the West and these two in the East winning the Stanley Cup. There's probably five or six teams in each division that could go on a run. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rangers need a center now. Boston, Colorado, the Jets, it, the list grows, right? Yeah. Um, but here's here's the thing about Monaghan. I've had a lot of Jets fans tell me to – cool my jets on getting Monahan and blah, blah, blah. He's not all end all and be all. Here's the thing. He's a pending free agent. What Vancouver Canucks did in my mind is they overpaid or got, you know, and that's what Conroy said yesterday as well in Calgary. Mm-hmm. I texted their GM Alvin to congratulate him on his GM extension. He texted back. I want to get this done today. He upped his offer. I said, I'll get back to you. I talked to a couple other teams. They all made Nice offers, but none of them were to this magnitude. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen now 
for the Monahans and the blah blah blah. Yeah, no, their their price definitely it's, goes it's up. It's going to go up. But here's my thing about Monahan for all the Jets fans who don't like this. My point to this is Elias Lindholm checks off every box the Canucks needed. Center, power play guy, really good defensively. These are all things that they needed in their lineup. Mm-hmm. The Jets, in my mind, need two things in their lineup. They need a face-off guy, and they need a power play guy. They mm-hmm. need to get that power play going. Sean Monaghan does two things really good, mm-hmm. face-offs and power play. So for all of you who say, well, he's bad at this and he's bad at that, blah, 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 okay. the Jets don't need that anyway. What they need is to improve their power play and improve their face-offs, and he checks both those boxes. Is there a possibility, like you said, if he does go for three assets, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets would be interested. No, I don't either. I, I think they would be willing to do, and I don't know. I, my gauge would be, or what I would pay for him a month ago, was a second-round pick. And a prospect or yeah. Logan Stanley. Yeah, something like that. I'll give you a loss. Like Logan Stanley can come in and play for you right now. Or yeah. this guy can come in and play for you right now. Mm-hmm. This texter says, Barry says, hey, Jim and Cam, are you concerned with the Calgary-Vancouver uh, Lindholm trade for the Jets? L- uh, th- uh, thing I like about this trade is Lindholm's play significantly improved playing with better players. The downside is I'm not sure Lindholm is the guy to go get the puck out of the corners. Lastly, what would you have paid? Would you have paid that price for Lindholm? No, if I was the Winnipeg Jets, I would not so, have. So we we did this, right? Like we yeah. did this in the newsroom today. I'm thinking if it's not Villa Hainola, Hainola, and I think it is. So basically two deep prospects. It's I what I it's think either Hainola by himself or it's Tyrell Bauer and somebody else. Now when you when you it's the picks, and then it's probably David Pagnotta uh, was in the fourth period.com. I went there and there was ties for the Winnipeg Jets or at least conversations through, uh, through him at the Winnipeg Jets were at least in conversations about Elias Lindholm. Yeah, so, so why wouldn't you be? So, of course. So you say Craig Conroy went and circled back to some other teams. I, you have to assume that the Winnipeg Jets perhaps were one of those teams that he circled back to. I think that he comes back and says, look, they're offering this, this, and this. I don't think the Winnipeg Jets go okay. Well, we're we're going to be we're going to move on. I, I, this, this isn't this isn't. They don't get involved in this sort of thing, and they haven't. It would when, be so out of character if they did. When I read Conroy said, I went back to two or three other teams. I automatically thought Boston, Colorado, and Winnipeg. Yeah. And it, when it got up to five assets, I think, and I don't know this at all, but my gut is that the Jets would have said, "I'm sorry, that's I'm not giving you five assets for a guy we can't resign." Yeah. <laughs> totally. And yeah. Vancouver said, we will give you five assets for a guy we can't re-sign. Yeah, the, the Canucks are all in. Now, the, here's the, the other part of in. the conversation. What you just said, Vancouver's all in. Oh, yeah. They're going for it, baby. Who else wants to go all in? Yeah, That's the question, right? I'm going to throw one name at you real well, quick. How, how often does all in go work? Honestly. It only works one out of 32 teams. Yeah. So whether two teams go all in or 12 teams go all in, it's only going to pay off for one. Well, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't guarantee anything. No. Now, it would be a different story if Lindholm said, yeah, I'll take seven and a half over the next six years. Then I would make that deal for those five assets. This texter says, Robin text says, what's going on with Jonathan Taves? There's a face-off man. I don't know what his condition is in his current yeah, as he I, tries to recover. I would much rather spend capital on a guy I know what I'm getting as opposed to a guy I have no idea what I'm getting. Not saying he's not in shape because the Jonathan Taves we all know is in tip-top yeah. shape. But he hasn't been playing competitive games for so long. I'm going to throw a name out at you because you brought this up, and I think you're right. I think because the market's so thin, you said some names that no one's talking about or, quote-unquote, are available. Yeah. What do you think of Braden Shen? 
Hmm. I mean, they've done business before. Yeah. Now Shen's 32 years old, and this is the problem. He has four more years after this year at 6.5 million. That's the problem. And so you're you're you need him this year. You'd use him next year for sure. But with three years after that, you're running into is Rutger McGordy here? Is he ready? Is this center ready? Where are we going with this? Who's available? Who's not? And then all of a sudden you got a 35-year-old. Well, it's interesting because I think the Jets in the long-term plans, and I don't think that they've strayed from it just because perhaps Cole Perfetti isn't ready yet. I still think Perfetti is going to be a center on this team. When you bring Brandon Shannon, and, right, I, and, yeah. I, and I still think he's going to move to the wing. So I think in a perfect world, the Winnipeg Jets would look for a guy that they're bringing in that is still controllable heading into next year. That still has a has a deal that has a contract for this season and for next. But I, I don't. I'm not sold on Shen. I'm not saying they've yeah. got to go. But I'm just saying those are the names I'm wondering about, like Lawton and Philly. Like Briere's smart right now because they don't want to trade him. Mm-hmm. Drager just said that. However, this market might be the best time to – are we better to keep this player we like and we know he's good, or are we better to get some things for him that will make us even better two years from now? Mark Scheife doesn't sign with this team in the offseason, which obviously was Optima, man. He would have been a high-priced commodity right now. My God. Well, if Lindholm is getting yeah. five assets, what could you – and I mean, and we're, 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 see, that's a never, crazy conversation. They, this is the problem with not having those deals right now. You would never trade Mark Shifley if, right now if he was a pending UFA. If this team is where they are in the standings, you're not trading see, him. Exactly. That was the whole conversation. You never trade him right now. Never. Yeah. See? This is where this, that's is, this, is, this is why this is why you lock him up. Uh, let's get to some text messages here. Uh, we got some time. We'll squeeze a couple in here. Um, uh, well, this texture wants it was what we were just uh, mentioning here. This texture says, I absolutely agree with you on Monahan, Jim. Robert says, Hey, Cam and Jim, I'm right behind you on Monahan. That one from Robert. Uh, Kyle says, Centers the Jets should be looking at acquiring are Mikhail Granlin or Alex Wenberg. Uh, should also call the Blues about Oscar uh, Sunquist. Yeah, I think those are all names. I think we'll like. I, I don't think it's like, you know, I know everybody gets so attached to the trade bait lists, and it's like, well, these are the guys available. These are the guys. This is what the insiders are saying. It this this doesn't it doesn't just exist on the four names that are on the top twenty top fifty lists. It's the other thirty one teams in the league, and the Winnipeg Jets are going to be looking at all those guys. So when you look at the list and see these are the guys XXX is available here, I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be looking beyond there. They're going to look for a guy that can help on the power play. They're going to be looking for a guy that perhaps you have control and also fits in uh, to the team's culture and at the same time also fits under the cap. These are all things that are going to be under consideration. And it's more than just Sean Monahan, Adam Henrique, you know, uh, Morgan Frost, the names that have been brought up. What about Boone Jenner? I think if you can pry Boone Jenner off of the Columbus Blue Jackets, he might be the perfect person that you can grab. So Boone Jenner, 30 years old, $3.75 million this year and another two years after. He'll be 33 when this contract is done. Yeah, absolutely. I think it might cost you more than um, Lindholm. Now, that is a very good point. I think that when you look at what the Columbus Blue Jackets have, um, and you, you see Jack Rosovic on that list, you would have to really, really – Impress the Columbus He's also Blue their captain, right? That's you'd have to really impress them to pull. So them what there. Vancouver paid is, I think, what the Jets would have to pay for Boone Jenner, maybe a little more because you get two more years of Boone Jenner at under four million. I think that would be that would really like you talk about Lindholm 
checking boxes for the Canucks, Boone Jenner really checks boxes. I mean, for this team, but man. if Lindholm as a rental is going for five assets, see, that's a good point. You have two more years of Boone Jenner of under four million dollars, and he's only thirty. He checks every box for the Jets, but. I mean, Columbus, that's their captain. They're not trading him unless they're getting five, six assets back. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's let's come back. We'll continue this conversation. And uh, while we know the NHL, uh, you know, players, talk to the Athletic, don't like Winnipeg. They don't like coming here on the road. That's not going to be new. Guess what? Next year, Jim, I have, I'm going to read my mind. I'll hold on a second. I'm just getting into my spaceship, my time, my time device. I'm just, I'm going to be just very quiet here for about two seconds. I'm just going to, all right, I'm back. Winnipeg is going to be uh, number one next year too. I can guarantee you. I just saw the paper. That ninja samurai school you went to has paid <laughs> off in spades. You have this telepathy is that what it's called this yeah. inner of all the things and i get it just i'm telling you right now it's gonna be next year but in the movie the hangover two, he leaned over and said i got a demon in me and bradley crawford's character said so what you got something in you kid on the on that list they also talked about the arizona coyotes and what it's like playing in the call drink mullet arena what do you think the players are talking about? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Carl says, Jets got four assets for PLD on Boone, so Boone would certainly get more than Lindholm for control. That's a great point, Carl. Here's going all in in my mind. I don't think the Jets ever trade Rutger McGordy, but if I'm the Columbus Blue Jackets and you want Boone Jenner, Boone Jenner will have you with Shifley going for it this year and the next two years, like yeah. going for it all in. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. So then I want McGroarty. McGroarty's not going to play for you as a number two center for the next two to three years. Rucker McGroarty, I think, is the one asset right now that is untouchable. I agree. I agree. But going all in would be – but to get Boone Jenner for three years under $4 million – that's going to cost you. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes and their college arena experiment. What do the NHLers have to say about it? One player says that arena is dog blank. Another should never be in the NHL. Another. It's pathetic. It's not the show. Can't take it seriously. I've I had mean, some the players. The days falling apart. They're still apparently looking at another rink. I had some NHL How much players, longer is this going to last? Not forever. This year, not but going anywhere. two years ago when that arena was coming in, said, I worked my whole life to make it to the NHL. And now I got to play in a rink like I'm in AAA again. Jim. Not knocking AAA. Those are great rinks for AAA. <laughs> oh, that's a magnificent. Anyways, Jim told to take you all the way until three o'clock. We do not have a show. We're being preempted by national programming. Make sure you're still listening here on 680 CGOB at noon. So we'll be back on Monday. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back on Monday. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.